Yo, what is up? You have found I Like the Blazers. I am your host, Brandon Goldner, and we have yet another non-Blazers-related podcast. My brother and I, we started a politics podcast. I put it on the feed last week. I'm doing it again this week. I'm now looking into how I can create its own separate feed. Just wanted to make sure that we're going to keep it going and keep it flowing. But the name has changed. It turns out the podcast name, The Gold Nerds, was already taken by someone else and we talked about that a little bit in the show so right now the current working title is remember poli sci uh we'll talk more about that in the show too um but we do talk about the election coming up and kind of the dynamics um uh of that and also a lot of the kind of judicial challenges some aspects of this 2020 election and a whole lot more runs about an hour. Um, if you do like it, appreciate some feedback, you can hit me up at Goldner PDX on Twitter. Um, and again, we're going to create a separate feed for this at some point in the not too distant future. But until that time, I'm going to run it on this feed. So thank you for those who are here for Blazers stuff. You can ignore this one or there's probably the most important election of your lifetime or the last few generations come back up in a few days. So maybe give it a listen. But yeah, hopefully um, it's fun for you as much as it was for us. Appreciate all of you. So without further ado, here is uh, the next episode. I guess what we're calling episode one since the first one was the pilot. So episode one of what we're now calling Remember Poli Sci. Thank you. Oh, wait, that's not even the song. All right, all right. We're back on the podcast that my brother and I do, and we've changed the name, Brandon. What have we changed the name to? I don't know if we're sticking with this, but right now it's called Remember Poli Sci, and we couldn't couldn't use the Gold Nerds because apparently there's a podcast that is a fan show of a TV show called The Goldbergs. And their podcast is called The Gold Nerds, so we couldn't use that. So for now, it's called Remember Poli Sci, episode one. So what I'm getting from that, and I do like the name, I'll just say that, but what I'm getting from it is you are a West Coast elite who assumes that I've taken a Poli Sci course at some point in my life. Uh, you know, I think it was more about, first of all, it's a Seinfeld <laughs> reference. And actually, let me just oh, do this. Uh, even more even more West Coast elite. It's super West. Well, actually, it's like, you know, it's based out of New no, York. No, they, like they were Nash. Yeah, East, you're right. East that Coast has nothing elite. To, you um, got me. I'm sure that you all remember this clip from Seinfeld. Blow it off. Remember Poli Sci? How many of those did we go to? Okay, I'm going to edit that in right there. Oh, my God. That was an amazing quote, but we didn't have the technology for me to hear it. But <laughs> you heard it, right? Uh, so I just remembered that. Yeah, I remembered that from the, the, I think it's from the Kenny Rogers Roasters episode of Seinfeld. But really what it is, it's like, remember that class you took in high school and had to take it? And, like, we understand that, like, not everyone has, like, an interest in talking about political stuff. And we do. And so hopefully you can listen to us talk about it and we can just tell you what to think. That's the goal. Absolutely. I mean, if everyone would just, if everyone would just submit to the will of my thought, actually my thought, don't even listen to him. Just listen to me. No, I think I'm clearly older, wiser. I think a little bit more. I'm clearly younger. I'm a little more mentally nimble. You're taller. You're taller. I'll give you that. You are taller. That's true. So So, remember Poli Sci, that's the working name. It's probably going to change again, but that's what we have right now. Okay. I really, I really like it. And, um, you know, for my show notes, the first uh, bullet point I had says brotherly banter. So I think we've pretty much accomplished that. I want to just quickly say that uh, we had an incredible Halloween party last night. I was doing a lot of spooky voices. And so I am sounding a little bit like I have laryngitis or COVID-19, which I do not. You could have (laughs) both and you would never know. Don't they cancel each other out? 
No, yeah, it's, like, you... <laughs> it's like the Mr. Burns theory, where it's like he has so many different diseases that they're all kind of in perfect balance in the Simpsons. <laughs> I wish, man. I wish. So, uh, I mean, obviously, let's talk about the the GOP elephant in the room, which is... Wait a minute. Okay. We never did, like, an introduction. We didn't even say who we were. Do we want to do that? Oh. Yeah, I'm Alex. I'm Brandon. Okay, we got that out of the way. Okay, go for it. Yeah, I think... And, and whoever's listening to this, you personally know us right now. But, you know, in the future, <laughs> when people are going back and we've got, you know, 1,000 subscribers or 2,000 or 50,000, they'll go back Ooh. and they'll be like, oh, how quaint they started. Like, in this little, you know, Alex was in his attic... Brandon was in his office, whatever. Um, it's, in the, it's a living room. I am proud of okay. the, the LED lights that I tracked. Um, actually, you know what? I wonder if you can see this in the background. The listeners, obviously, you can't hear light unless you're tripping on shrooms, in which case you probably can. Um, okay. You see those lights pop on right there? You see that? Literally doing I did that the, from my phone. I did the sound effect because it's orange. Okay, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it's now pulsing Green. the rainbow. So... We had Christmas okay. lights hanging, right? And I bought some LED lights off of Evil Amazon, and they were not that expensive, and they look fantastic. I'm super oh, happy wait, Brandon. I'm sorry. I'm getting a call. It's Jeff Bezos. He just wanted to say thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and focus this down now. There's an election coming up, and it's occurring in two motherfucking days, and I have just been – my stomach's been in knots. There's an election? I've been – I've been <laughs> a little one. I've been checking uh, news sources constantly. I've been thinking about it. the The thing I want to start with is let's let's just look at the closing arguments of the campaigns here. I think this is just such an interesting Ugh. election this year. Um, very atypical in so many ways. I mean, I think on a lot of ways, in in many ways. Trump is forced to direct the narrative away from reality because he doesn't want to talk about coronavirus at all. So what have you been hearing, Brandon? What is What do you think uh, Trump is closing out with this year? That's the thing. It's And like, I don't mean to rip off other people's podcasts, but listening to other podcasts, they did talk about this a little bit too. And in 2016, he had an effective closing argument. And in 2020, he doesn't. So like in 2016, it was crooked Hillary, like, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to be good on the economy. I'm going to be good on trade. America is going to be great again. I'm going to build the wall. I'm going to get you better health care. Like, he had all these messages that he had been talking about for the last two years. And so your closing message, you're supposed to kind of whittle those down and kind of put the final push behind emphasizing a couple things that sum up your campaign and why people should vote for you. And this year, I don't even know what it is. Like, is it is it Hunter Biden? Is it like coronavirus doesn't exist? Is it like I don't I don't even know. Like, I haven't heard yes. Donald Trump the, give the answers. Yes, he hasn't given a, an affirmative reason for people to vote for him. Is it that he he doesn't want black people to be treated equally? Like, I don't. I honestly don't know what his closing argument is. At okay, all. so I don't know where you're coming from with that. Donald Trump is clearly <laughs> the least racist person that has ever existed. I've done so more you can just for take, black people. You can take that back than anybody it's except his, for possibly Abraham Lincoln. His platinum plan has been endorsed by Lil Wayne. So you just need to stop. You by just- the way, there's a whole other conversation there. About class solidarity and I, oh, look, it, bam. if you're very rich, you probably, you know, if you don't care about the, the racism and the xenophobia and just he's horrible, then you might want to vote for Donald Trump if you're very rich. Like I actually 
kind of I understand think you're, that. I think you're overanalyzing Lil Wayne. I, I think it was literally like Lil Wayne went to the White House and Trump said some stuff that Lil Wayne liked, like, oh, you're amazing. You're so important in your community. And Lil Wayne was like, hey, that guy was cool. And yeah, it might be a little bit of like, I don't want to pay taxes. But I, I think in show business, there's a certain personality where you basically just mix and mingle and you win people over and then you've got another ally. I really think it's as simple as that. I don't but know. To get there have been, the, a, there the, been a couple other people too, just to really quick, famous wealthy people who have either endorsed Trump or have kind of pretended to. And I, I don't know. I think it has something to do with the money, but yeah, anyway. Well, Brett Favre has been a super fan forever. I know he was one of the people. Well, um, he's a but racist I wanna, old white dude. He's got a really nice haircut. I like it. Just very like uniform and and looks easy to care for also should it be pronounced favre i have no idea um, f-a-v-r-e why are we saying farve even though that I, is how you're supposed to say it anyway okay sorry probably go. however he says it i would think i just be. think he says it wrong which <laughs> explains why he supports trump so okay the closing message okay i i really do believe that trump is so steeped in his own universe that he had convinced himself with the help of some complicit in quotes scientific experts in his orbit that coronavirus was literally over because there was a lull in the summer i i do believe that and i believe his closing argument is basically was basically founded on that and now that we're back in the midst of another huge up swing in coronavirus cases his closing argument makes no sense but he can't simply reverse course and say oh yeah you know what coronavirus is a big deal after all and now i'm going to do xyz because to do that is to admit that he completely dropped the ball and 250,000 americans are dead because of it so that you actually think that that trump thought at some point that it wasn't a big deal because i don't agree with that no, I think he he has been able to convince himself because Trump is is sort of a microcosm of what the internet has become and we'll get into that in detail because I have a lot of animosity towards what the internet has become. I'm going to call it a confirmation bias bubble, right? You decide what you believe and then you seek out the information that supports that. I think Trump I think is in uh, Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. I think that's oh, true. Okay, okay. I think that's true people who support Trump. I think that's the message that he wants to give and that people do support. I don't believe that of Trump and and not to drop another Seinfeld reference, but George Costanza did say it's not a lie if you believe it, which is true. But I don't think that's the case with Trump. We have him on the record talking to Bob Woodward saying that it is serious. He knew that it was serious. So I don't I don't buy that. It was like a confirmation bias bubble where Trump himself had had convinced himself that it wasn't serious. I think he knew and he literally wanted to try to save the economy. And then after that didn't work, he wanted to save his reputation. I think it's as simple as that. But I think you're ascribing continuity of concept and thought to Trump, and I don't think he's that deep of a person. I really don't. I think he can easily— You don't have to be deep to lie to people. I think he can easily change his mind, and I think he's the type of a salesman where I I don't think he has— honestly, I don't think he has any deeply held beliefs other than self-preservation. So I think— I think, yeah, at one point, I mean, you could see him vacillating. I mean, he at one point, you know, started to say, oh, maybe we should wear masks after all. A couple of months ago, I remember saying, hey, congratulations. You know, finally, the president mentioned masks. Then he got off that boat again. And then I just read a week ago or something he mentioned, "Ah, maybe you should wear a mask when you're close to other people. So I just I just think the guy's not that deep. Um, But anyway, to get back to our our conversation, I think that supports my point, though. I don't think that it's he's deep. I think that he literally is just lying about it. Like, I think that's as simple as that. 
Like, I think he knows it's serious. I think he's he's he been known it's been serious. Like, he's known that for a while. Well, I don't know. I, right, yeah, well, I, agree it, to we disagree. Can't, I mean, we can't psychoanalyze Trump. Obviously, we can't get inside his brain. Oh, yes, we can. Unless you could disguise yourself as a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> and be and be consumed God. and then so okay so so that's the, the the coronavirus part of it now the hunter biden thing wait 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 I, one more thing on coronavirus I, just, I have to say this really quick breaking news do, 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 do. so you know how he like doesn't listen to dr fauci anymore he's like super listening to scott atlas right yes yep uh-huh. advisor on the white house Corf, Cor, coronavirus task force scott atlas did an interview with a russian state-owned propaganda news agency and I just think that is a perfect encapsulation. He had to literally apologize for it earlier today, saying, I'm sorry I did an interview with a Russian propaganda media news arm. It is just so perfect. Those are the kinds of people Trump surrounds himself with. Those are the people Trump's listening to. Those kinds of people. And Sasha Bar- Baron Cohen was not involved in this whatsoever? Not at, <laughs> not at all. You'd think that maybe he was, but no. This is a real We're- thing that happened. We're going to so uh, there's so much to unpack with that and I want to go there but let's 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 table going deeper on that point for just a moment because so you mentioned the closing arguments for Trump or I guess I mentioned it and then now we're analyzing it. So we've got coronavirus and then we've got the laptop from hell, okay? Let me just ask you, you are an avid consumer of the news, right? You're yeah. you're on you and I are, are texting constantly about these things. What do you – I mean, I haven't asked you to look into this in any depth, but what do you know <laughs> about this story? It's so difficult you, you to You haven't follow. asked really me is. to investigate this yet. Um, Not at all. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really as simple as this, is that Hunter Biden was hired by a company in Ukraine, right? And I think it's also true that Hunter Biden leveraged his family's name in order – to get places, you know, in his professional career, that's something that is not uncommon to him. It's something that people do all the time. It's not great, but it's something that people do. There have been multiple investigations as to whether because of that, that maybe Joe Biden himself had something to do with it, or maybe Joe Biden pulled some strings, or maybe Joe Biden fired some people to help his son further his business interests, or maybe Joe Biden somehow profited from this. And none of that has been proven to be true, quite the opposite. And on top of that, you now have aspects of the story that are shown to be demonstrably not just false, but documents and things have been manufactured. And it's just I I think it's very, very funny. The Republicans were like searching for their October surprise in this kind of years old thing that's already been investigated. But now there's new evidence coming to light. And somehow we're supposed to believe that it implicates Joe Biden himself. Um, so that's kind of my 30,000-foot summary of it. Okay, let's go back in time a little bit. Do you remember like a year or more ago, it came out that Trump's personal attorney, Oswald Cobblepot, I mean Rudy, <laughs> Rudolph Giuliani, oh, was, man. was heading to Ukraine to go find dirt for Joe Biden. Do you remember when that was a headline? Like over a year ago. Okay. All right. Now – that's not illegal, right? If you have a personal attorney and you want to do some research on a political opponent, some oppo research, that's perfectly legal, right? There's nothing Happens illegal about that. But let me ask you – I just want to pose a question to you. Do you want to live in a world or in a country, <laughs> Russia, where the only thing that's on the ballot is who's less corrupt? And do you want to live in a country where – 
opposition research is the purpose of a political campaign and we almost don't have space for issues anymore because we're so busy with what I'm going to call proxy by scandal, scandal by proxy. If I can associate you with a dirty dealing from someone else, then you are illegitimate and you are therefore, you know, you, you shouldn't be in power. You shouldn't have any, any contact with uh, the, the power of the state, right? That's basically what's going on here. So, this is over a year ago. We know Rudy has been working on this for a long time. I know they thought they had this beautiful Fabergé egg, <laughs> you know, well-decorated with beautiful colors and small gemstones adhered, and they were just getting ready for the perfect moment to unleash this on the public. And it feels to me very much like they thought, if we can just repeat what happened in 2016 with Hillary's emails, we will be successful, right? That's, yeah. that's how it feels to me. So the big difference is this time you've got a political candidate, who Trump, who's been president for four years. So he has a record to run on, first of all, right? Then you've got he's running against someone who is much more well-liked than Hillary Clinton was. In general, you know, generally people do not find Joe Biden offensive. Some people don't, you know, in, don't feel like he would be their, their first choice for president, but they're, they're kind of okay with, with Joe Biden. So they're having a, a big uphill battle here. Now, what did Rudy Giuliani actually find? What's in the laptop from hell? Okay, the first, the first sort of um, incriminating email that came out is an email that is supposedly referred to as a smoking gun by Steve Bannon. And it's an email where some Ukrainian businessman says, thank you for introducing me to your father. Okay, does yep. that sound incriminating to you? It can Thank if you. you're like a paranoid, uh, paranoid human being. Yes, could sound. It how, could. It's like it's. It sounds incriminating adjacent. Is what I would say about it. How many people have you been introduced to in your life, Brandon? Quite a few. It's just like okay, because someone was introduced to Joe Biden. I'm supposed to believe that that is evidence of a political scandal. That absolutely. That is, yeah, if, that you're, is if, you're, if you're those people, and, and like. It, yeah. So yes, your your point is well taken in that that is not in and of itself anything, but it's I think it's enough for people who would like there to be something else for it to kind of point in that direction and confirm their pre existing beliefs. So th there's one other element to this, but I mean, th there's so little there that when they they started developing this story, they offered it to the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal said. Um, no, we're not running this, right? They offered it to other media outlets. They were hoping to get it in the New York Times. No, no, there's really nothing here that we can report on. It finally went to the New York Post. Well, Fox and... News declined, which is also important. That's right. Fox News declines. Okay. Yeah. They they declined until it was reported elsewhere, and then they reported on the reporting, sure. and that happens to be the way you install political propaganda into a news cycle is you get your crap published somewhere, and then you get people talking about it. Hillary's emails, right? By you the way, crap... just a, a quick aside, can we just remind everybody that Donald Trump was impeached for soliciting foreign interference to like can we just remember that that happened so when you're thinking about any of this remember that is why he was impeached okay thanks yeah um and 
I want to, there's so much to unpack there too, because I actually agree with the Trump camp when they say there was no collusion. I don't believe they needed specifically to collude. It was almost as if they were sending each other smoke signals through the international media. Trump making comments, Russia, if you're listening, I don't have any trouble with Putin. I think we're going to get along just great. And Russia's listening to this and thinking, yeah, why wouldn't we want this guy to be president? Why wouldn't we do anything in our power to have this guy be president, right? Do, and so it's up to Americans to decide fundamentally, is that how you want our election system to run? Whoever can court international, uh, I, I guess, whoever can court the, the strongest international presence to pollute our news cycle, that person should be in power. Is that really the game we want to play? So the second part of the laptop from hell, which, by the way, was um, vouched for by a blind computer repairman. That's the source, a blind computer repairman who who testified that it was Hunter Biden's. We'll just say that it was. There's some emails with uh, a China energy company, uh, CEFC, and there's there's a text within those emails that says, quote, 10 held for by H for the big guy. That's all it says. OK, that could mean literally anything. 10 held by H for the big guy. And so Trump alluded to that at the debate. He said, who's the big guy, Joe? Is that you, Joe? Are you the guy getting 10? You remember that? You remember that part of the debate? Yeah, and I just think it's funny. Like you say laptop from hell and you say big guy and Trump is saying this during the debate as if everyone knows what he's talking about when very few people know what he is talking about. That's also exactly funny Exactly. I mean, it was almost like he was up there quoting you know making quotations from the fourth season of a tv show that nobody's seen and right. <laughs> you're like what are you talking about man so i i just think for all those reasons the the hunter biden story has fallen flat the other thing is it is worn out like an old inner tube man they've been beating the drum of hunter biden for months and months and months and it, it's kind of funny that that was their october surprise it shows that they really had no surprises left. I mean, there were no Easter eggs to be found, basically. They scoured the world, Oswald Cobblepot, I mean, Rudy Giuliani, went all around the world <laughs> looking for whatever he could, and he didn't come up with anything. That's basically what happened. I think even more than that, I, you know, again, there have been parts of this story that have been, not all of it, but parts of it that have been proven to be a fabrication by, you know, parties unknown as of right now, right? So... It, it would not surprise me if we later learn that there are parts of this that are part of active disinformation campaigns from other countries, including Russia, to, again, try to sow discord and chaos in this most recent U.S. election. And it's frustrating to see that the tactics that have been used by foreign powers in the past, not just in the U.S., but in other countries, basically to get people to feel uncomfortable, to get people to question the legitimacy of their elections, that this tactic has now been co-opted by American politicians, i.e. Donald Trump and the Republican Party. It's extremely worrying. I know that we're going to talk more about this election, but just to say, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a problem. All right, and I have one last thing to say about this. I mean, if you remember um, the P tapes, do you remember the P tapes? The the I've the, seen the P. T <laughs> I wish you had. I mean, <laughs> I'd, somebody, I'd you know, to... somebody has those P tapes. What are the, what are the P tapes when you say that? So Christopher Steele was doing opposition research for Hillary Clinton in the last election, and they came up with this very provocative story that 
Donald Trump was involved in a scandal um, or in a compromising situation, rather, in Russia where he paid, I guess, prostitutes to urinate, you know, perform the so-called golden shower on a bed in a fancy hotel where he knew Obama had stayed at one point. And the, the reason this is so, I don't know, believable in some regards is we know that Donald Trump absolutely hates Barack Obama. We know that, right? Um, it may come back to any number of personal things. I remember at the press correspondence dinner, I'm not sure what year it was, when Obama, do you remember this? Obama made fun of Trump publicly in front of a room of very powerful elite. Yeah, and 100%. It, yeah, what did he say? Do you remember what he said? Oh, he, I mean, it was a roast, so he was just kind of roasting him. I don't remember the specifics of it. Yeah, he was like, um, you know, I, I got to make some big decisions, but not as big as Donald Trump. He's got to direct Gary Busey to make a salad or something like that. I don't, it's right. just like, and I just think, I remember seeing a video clip of that and I, and it zoomed in on Trump's face and it was hatred beyond belief. I mean, it was just unbelievable how angry he looked. I would encourage you to find that if you want to. I actually felt bad for him. I mean, it, he was incredibly embarrassed. So so Christopher Steele came up with, you know, this opposition research, and it was unverified. There was no evidence. It was all based on um, storylines he had collected. And largely, I think, people now have decided, you know what, we can't really put a whole lot of stock in, in that particular information because there's really no evidence, right? So that's kind of gone down in history as as a failed scandal, right? The P tapes. I remember when it came out and I was like, man, if that's true, I mean, that's huge. But there was never any evidence of it. So Rudy I'm Giuliani. I'm still hoping. Yeah, right. It's a little late now, huh? So Rudy <laughs> Giuliani was on a Fox business. Uh, I don't know, even know who was who was interviewing him. Uh, the host was Lisa Kennedy Montgomery. And she says, you know, Rudy, isn't this Hunter Biden thing a little bit like the Christopher Steele stuff? You know, aren't you aren't you acting a little bit like him? And Rudy Giuliani got so pissed. Here's his quote. I, I wish we could play it. But he, he said, what what you're saying is an outrageous defamation of me and my reputation. Uh, I came on your show in good faith to give you evidence that's being withheld from the American people. And I get defamed. This is the last time we'll be on camera because I don't let people call me Christopher Steele. It's like, okay, dude, can can any of these people just accept that other folks are watching what they're doing and it and it looks very suspicious? I mean, when you react that defensively, it just shows that you're lying, right? I mean, that's how that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's I mean the stuff that we're talking about right now and that you're you're describing it this doesn't seem like something that should be happening in reality right like if you had told me in 2014 that we'd have a president who would solicit foreign powers to interfere in an election would surround himself with people who you know uh, were just totally incompetent to say nothing of the fact that they're evil I just wouldn't have believed it. And and I it's the thing that I, is really really hard is that we've gotten so used to it, right? That it almost seems um it seems really really difficult or impossible to call out just how unacceptable it is. Um and it it has to do with the Hunter Biden stuff, it has to do with Rudy Giuliani, it has to do with what's happening with the election right now. Um and I don't know if you're interested in pivoting to that at some point, but I would love to get into kind of the Trump's um approach 
to election night and kind of how he views the upcoming election and how how he's going to communicate out and like um, how he's going to deal with the election in, in a couple days. So I think we just pivoted. I, OK, I felt that's the pivot. the pivot. I mean, my heels I don't have are the notes like in front of me. So this is Alex spent time creating notes and I'm an asshole and I don't have them up. So I'm sort of flying a little bit blind. So my apologies. Yeah, you're that smart, though. I mean, you don't even need to know what I have planned. You can just. <laughs> no. So, okay, so is let me ask you. A, I, I just I like the I like asking you questions and having you sort of unpack things for me. So is Trump's plan for this election to win fair and square? Would you say that that is his plan? No, it's not. And this is so here's the here's the thing. It's not his plan to win fair and square. His plan is clearly again, as we talked about earlier, it's to make people suspicious of the result to see if he can get enough favorable judges and favorable judgments to steal the presidency. Listen to what he just said. This came out 30 minutes ago. Uh, this is from a reporter, Caitlin Collins, and I, I would like to be so a uh, CNN White House correspondent, Caitlin Collins. President Trump denies he'll declare victory early, but says, quote, I don't think it's fair that we have to wait for a long period of time after the election. We're going in the night of as soon as the election is over. We're going in with our lawyers, end quote. Let me ask you a question, Alex. Can you remember an election in the history of ever when every state was complete counting their ballots the night of the election? Do you ever remember that happening? That is 100% not how elections in this country have ever been run. It's literally and never happened ever. Republicans have been on the opposite side of this question in the past waiting for military absentee ballots to come in. So it's it's hilarious that Trump thinks he can, you know, rewrite history in this way. Trump but also- Trump celebrated his 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 victory in Michigan. I think it was three or four days after election night, right? Like how long did it take to count the ballots and go to the Supreme Court in Florida in the year 2000, right? Like you don't even have to look at examples like that. Just look at any election ever. The results are not certified for days, sometimes weeks. So what's well, I, really frightening about – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, this, is, this is so abnormal, right? I mean this is you so – you seem, you seem so upset, Brandon. And- I am upset, and that's the thing. <laughs> but it's, it's difficult. I mean just again to bring it back, it's, it's difficult. You don't want to be the person who cries wolf and who gets – upset about everything but this is extremely upsetting you have an incumbent president who is saying i'm gonna go in the night of with my lawyers whether i'm winning or not and i literally want them to stop counting ballots that is absolutely unacceptable and upsetting and people should be furious about it so and you're aware that Brett Kavanaugh recently had a and I'm not exactly sure what it was. It was a decision that the Supreme Court decided not to. Um, I don't think they ruled on it, I, but he made like a little a little footnote yeah. that, you know, we don't want to sow confusion in the American public that the election isn't decided on election night or have late so, ballots coming in and flip the election. You can't flip an election that's not over yet if you haven't. And counted- why are they choosing to do this during a absolutely unprecedented global pandemic where a record number of people are voting by mail? 
Well, let's bring let's bring this to a, yet another topic that's totally related. In Texas, you have a lawsuit that's going to go to federal court tomorrow. Republicans brought a suit because there are 127,000 votes that were cast by people at polling stations in Harris County, which is one of the larger counties in Texas, from their vehicles. Now, the, just to say, if you if you've heard this before, when people voted in that way, they had all the same equipment, all the same poll staff as you would have found. Had had you gone inside and Texas has a little caveat about people who would not like to vote at a polling place that if you feel that your health could be endangered, if you do so, that you can have these alternative ways of voting. This was approved by the Texas attorney general. There was a lawsuit a month ago with the Texas Supreme Court. They struck it down and said that it was OK. The Texas Supreme Court weighed in again today, struck it down, said it was OK, but it's still going to federal court tomorrow. But the point is that you have ballots that have already been cast legal ballots by American citizens in a way that Texas law allows and Republicans are trying to throw them out. That is extremely upsetting. And yeah, like I should be yelling even louder than I am because it's totally unacceptable and undemocratic. Oh, I, I feel so much better. That was like that was something I needed to hear right now. Honestly, that made me feel a lot better. And that's your job on this podcast. What I just part, want to what remind part of everyone. that made you feel better? You should feel worse. <laughs> no, but you 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 put into words this gnawing feeling I'm I have in the pit of my stomach that something is going really really wrong this election, right? So. I mean, there are many methods by which you can restrict people from voting, right? You can have votes thrown out, and there's plenty of examples of where they're trying to do that. You can have votes not counted, right? There's there's plenty of examples of that. It's very telling that from the beginning of the year, you know, Trump has been talking about how he wants this election to go to the Supreme Court. Oh, how convenient. He wants it to go to the Supreme Court. He's normalizing. They're setting this up. He's normalizing that elections should be decided in the courts. Right. Did we forget that we 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 purport to live in a democracy? Is that where elections are supposed to be decided in the courts? And well, are Republicans going along with this? Are they are they sure they want to go down this path? Because Go ahead. Go ahead. I think Republicans do because they understand that their influence is waning, right? Republicans are now a minority party in the U.S. And because of gerrymandering, because of voter suppression, they have maintained political relevance for longer than they ought to have. And so they realize they can't gain more voters. This is how they're going to have to do it. And it is. It's totally upsetting. But like these things, like it's it's pretty upsetting when you're saying, okay, like the mail has been intentionally slowed down, which it has, right? Like, and so people's ballots don't get there on time. Okay, the ballot doesn't get there before election day, so we're not gonna count it. Like that to me is pretty upsetting, but sort of kind of understandable. Like here in Oregon, you do have to have your ballot not just postmarked, but at at the county on election day, right? And we've known that for a long time, but in some states they have it differently. It's really upsetting when you go into throwing away votes that have already been cast, and it's really, really upsetting when you go into we shouldn't even be counting the votes. So to your point, yeah, I think that Republicans apparently do think this is a good idea because they don't have any other way to win the election. Moving forward, that's what they see. They don't have any other way to win this election, perhaps, but I, I don't feel like they're playing the long game on this. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think if Trump is able to eke out a win here, you're going to see four years of un unprecedented 
efforts to further diminish the rights of Americans to vote. I which mean, that's why clearly the strategy. Which is why it's so important to vote for Democrats because we need, like, I'm not even a big rah-rah cheerleader for the Democratic Party. I'm really not. But at least they care about protecting voters' rights. And we do need comprehensive voting reform across the country so that everybody can have the option to vote by mail or have vote by mail available everywhere. You get your ballot in advance. And there's none of this fuckery that goes on. Um, I wanted to ask, is it okay if I say one more thing that might make people not feel good and then maybe pivot to something that would make people feel good? Yes, but let me just let me just make one small addition to what you just said, which Please. is this strategy of restricting vote by mail is is completely antithetical to what the Republicans pursued during the Reagan era where they were all about vote vote and mailing. They were all about, you know, access to votes because they had a popular political movement who votes by mail more often than not are older people and right older people more often than not vote republican by the way but i so what i'm saying is i'm not even sure that the strategy that that they went after mail-in voting is a good one for republicans i'm really i mean how much are they going to suppress their own vote how how many of their you know elderly voters are really going to want to go to the polls during a unprecedented pandemic when we're in an upswing in whatever right. state they're in so I, I think that's i'm not re- sure that it's really the best political strategy i'm really not I, I think that's actually a really, really good reminder that all of these efforts to suppress votes, at least, thank God, at the end of the day, your ballot on the outside doesn't say who you voted for, right? Like, any time they're trying to nix out oh, someone's man, I, vote— I, I, I wrote, I hate Trump on the outside of mine. Dang, oh, that was I a big mistake. That. I really should You know, have the that. Secretary of State here in Oregon is a Republican— by the way, she's like she she's okay. She's not so bad. But um, uh, let's. I don't want to hate on Republicans, dude. I mean, honestly, if Marco Rubio had been, but the Republican Party are tacitly supporting these things, so yeah, it kind of does suck. Uh, I, I yes, I'm just saying I, there are two parties in this country, and we talked about this last time. People don't have a choice. Uh, the Martians other than have those two, two parties, like we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why oh, they wow. can't divide. Um, oh, if anyone just... remembers Attack from Mars, <laughs> that... <laughs> let's okay. Okay, let me let me just. I want to get into one more thing to outrage people. Um, speaking, ah, of, I'm so pissed. And then we're gonna oh, go into some more positive stuff, or you can I'm take it early. a different direction, or what. The only other thing I wanted to go into after what I'm about to say is give an update on polling and and give people reason to feel more comfortable that that the result of the election is going to be what it is with or without all of this legal bullshit okay but there was a there was a joe biden bus right a campaign bus going through texas right and then a whole bunch of pro-trump people got on the highway in their cars surrounded the bus with their cars slowed the highway down there you understand there were a hundred people in that trump train a hundred vehicles hundred vehicles that's what i read a hundred vehicles. There's reporting that, that yeah, a lot. <laughs> reporting that some of those Trump supporters were trying to ram other cars off the road. Staff on Biden's campaign bus had to call 911 and they had to cancel an event. So this is domestic terrorism. You have a major political party candidate who could not campaign because supporters of another political party's candidate 
basically ran them off the road. And what did the president say? Trump said that it was very nice. It was very nice what they did to the bus. Well, guess what? The FBI is now investigating this, thankfully, right? Brandon, because it's they an act just, of domestic terrorism. They, Brandon, Brandon, just I just need to slow you down. They were trying to slow the bus down so they could have a political conversation. They wanted to discuss <laughs> yes. the health care plan. They were really excited. I don't understand where you're coming from with this. I really don't. Oh, man. I just I want to repeat this point, though that this these very nice Trump supporters are now being in, they're being investigated by the FBI because again yeah okay this by is being an act investigated of by terrorism the, by the deep state that's what I just heard as so much the as deep you state like, is looking into these patriots yeah, that's right yeah exactly as much as you don't like Trump you know he should be able to campaign freely and not be harassed he should be able to get from event to event like we should let, that- let me make a point so I I saw that video or, or a clip of of one angle of that event and one of the big Trump trucks actually ran into another vehicle that had nothing to do with the Biden bus. Yeah, exactly. So are, are they going to be, I mean, that's at least reckless endangerment. I mean, that's a serious crime of some kind, right? I mean, it's, it's really, really, it's baffling to me. Um, anyway, I just wanted to get that one piece out because, you know, so as, why, as, as let much me as, just ask, yeah. why does Trump have to say he, he can't just like ignore it like a normal politician like imagine if that happened in kentucky mitch mcconnell will just kind of be like well i don't have any comment on that you know and then it would just be forgotten why does trump have to make it worse by acting like it was a good thing that happened why because all trump understands is activating him? his base well they're activated i mean they're they, highly activated that's all he i heard that they, they slowed the biden bus down to like 20 miles an hour i mean if can you imagine if you were on that bus there were a hundred cars i mean the only the vehicles decorated in a similar fashion that i've seen in the media are pictures of isis vehicles uh big trucks with black flags on the back that's what it looks like on an american highway with with you know keep america great or whatever they have but again i, I just i think you're misreading the situation i really do it's really it's really unsettling. It's another one of those things that I want to like I want to I want to crawl out of my skin and shout that this is not okay. This That's is quite not an normal. image. I think you would be listened to for those few minutes before you just died. I, I think if I crawled out of my skin, I think it'd be dead almost instantaneously. I think I feel like I'd bleed out. Um it, is your how how are. how is the vasculature connected to your skin tissue? I just don't know. Well, I mean, you do have a discrete vasculature, but there's a lot of interstitial fluids, and I'm not sure that you could keep your <laughs> blood pressure going. I mean, I know there's a lot of doctors that listen to this, specifically Cassie. Let, let's <laughs> let's go off for ten minutes on this. All right. Okay. So, the, so doctors, doctors in the in the audience, because there may be multiples. Actually, will you please let us know what do you think <laughs> yes. would happen if Brandon literally jumped out of his skin? I want it like would his oncotic pressure drop, and then I I have a feeling you would just immediately drop dead. I really do but i just i do your face i mean like all the musculature on your face would look so intense without skin and your eyes would be like still kind of bound inside your skull by muscles (laughs) that's that's good at least i could see um so again i I know i don't have the notes i apologize i'll just say the only other place that i really wanted to hit was kind of on the state of the race right now the polling and again why people maybe shouldn't be so concerned about whatever the election outcome is being affected by, you know, the courts. So, okay. So here's, here's the thing. And I know this has been echoed on in many outlets, but at this point, who is in control of this election really is still the American people. We do have a system that 
is fairly well preserved at this time. I mean, there's been a number of favorable court rulings. And I wouldn't say like one one objection I have to some of the media coverage on this is, you know, it'll say something like in a win for the Democrats, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rules that they can count votes. That is not a win for the Democrats. That's not a win for Democrats. That is a win for democracy because people should be allowed to vote. I think that's a win for patriots, right? That's a win for American loving flag waving patriots, right? In the next election, I wonder if democracy itself will be discussed as a campaign issue. Do you support voting or do you support very restricted access to our democracy or whatever you want to call it, republic? I just uh, yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable where at where we're where we're going with with some of the rhetoric and and with the strategy that the Republicans are using. So, we'll see where that goes. Um I'm still thinking of that image of you jumping out of your skin. I'm sorry. It's very distracting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the state of the polls, you want to get to that? So polls. Okay. The polls actually look pretty good for Joe Biden. You know, I, I think, you what is he up? Joe Biden? Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden? from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It was uh, the Kamala Harris character called him Joe Biden. And I was like, that's awesome. Bad, <laughs> I love actually. it. Okay. I don't know if I, if it was intentional. I think it was intentional. So I've been calling him Joe Biden. Okay. The polls look really good, but we all know, and we learned this painfully in 2016, that national polls mean pretty much nothing, right? Okay, okay so they, then how do the state polls look? So not many of the states actually matter. This is coming down to a few states. <laughs> From what I can tell, the important states are Pennsylvania, Vania, Vania, Vania. With a bullet. Arizona, Zona, Zona, Zona. With a smaller bullet. Florida, Florida, Florida. With another smaller bullet. And then there's, you know, various other states that are also in play. Georgia's interesting. Georgia could be a tipping point state, yeah. I just read that Montana could be in play, at least for their senatorial race. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, but it has like a half of an electoral vote, so we don't really care about... Sorry, Montana, we don't give a shit about you. Okay, it's Pennsylvania. Dude, that's... that's, You just talked shit about big sky country. Well, you you know... know. Okay, I'm not making fun of of Bryant big country Reeves who played for the Vancouver Grizzlies at the NBA in 1995. (laughs) Um, But, okay, so you have Pennsylvania, which is like basically... However Pennsylvania goes, so goes the election. There is a 36% chance that that is the tipping point, according to Nate Silver's 538.com. Okay. And it said, then you said Arizona, Florida, and then to a lesser extent, you know, like Georgia. Um, and then you have some of these upper Midwestern states um, that they matter, but they matter less because of the state of the polling right now that shows Joe Biden so pretty well ahead. You're talking about like Wisconsin. You're Michigan. talking about Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I think those states are really in the bag for Joe Biden. I do. I think that those are going to be a win. So let's, they let's, can... let's talk about that. And I like I, I mean, I know that people, if they're following that, they have been following. Right. And so but just really, really quickly, when you look at those polls, I'm going to I'm going to pull it up really quick. So Wisconsin, okay, Joe Biden's up 8.3. Michigan, 8.2. By the way, when you're up by that much, it would take not just an error in the polling. I mean, it would take, you know, 
massive fraud or like an earth-shattering news event in order to 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 make it realistic that that would go normally the other way. you know normally the margin of error is plus or minus four percent that's usually what I see as the as the accepted margin of error on yeah. those on polls. You're you're yeah. right about that. And by the way, like uh, this goes a little wonky, but when you're averaging many different polls, when we're talking about oh Joe Biden's up by this much, we're saying that is the average of several different polls that have been done recently in a particular state, right? So which uh, helps you isolate biases in each individual type of poll, so it's a lot more accurate. Right, In exactly. General. So, okay, Michigan, Biden's up by eight. Wisconsin, Biden's up by eight. Nevada, Biden's up by, looks like six. And then you, I, I forgot about Nevada. That that was formerly a pretty close battleground state, but I think Biden has run away with it. I agree. So then you get to Pennsylvania, and this is the one everyone's watching because you're right, like, it, it's, it's the most likely state to kind of call, decide the election. And Biden, it, it shows that he's up by about five percentage points. We've actually... Uh, we had a couple of really high-quality polls come out actually today. Um, one of them from the New York Times that showed him up six. One of them from ABC Washington Post that showed him up seven. Those both were released today. Those are really – when we say high-quality polls, and again, not to go too far, you're talking about you know polls that have a really long history, polls that have uh, large sample sizes. They have really good methodology. They have people calling people on landlines and cell phones, not just like an internet poll right being yeah let me let me describe a really well-designed poll here okay a little box on fox news that (laughs) has a picture of joe biden 97 percent with with dopey eyes and drooling and it says do you like joe biden that's an amazing poll (laughs) exactly that's a great poll right there that's really good oh my gonna get high quality data that's very representative of americans at large with a poll like that so so let's put it this way if if you take the states that we just said Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada. Joe Biden is almost all the way there. Any other state that is that is in Joe Biden's favor, he's up by even more than eight if we didn't mention that state already, okay? So that's when you get to Pennsylvania, right? So uh, Pennsylvania, he's up by about five. And then a little uh, bit closer, Arizona, they, you know, he's up by about two and some change. Florida, he's up by about two. North Carolina, he's up by about two. Georgia, he's up by about one. And then you get into your Ohio, it's 50-50. Texas, he's down by about a point. But you notice that I after Pennsylvania, you go Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, where Joe Biden has a nominal lead. Again, this is not one poll. This is an average of many polls. The reason why this race is not as close as it was in 2016 is because Joe Biden has had these consistent leads in many different battleground states that some of them are so far outside of what a normal polling error would be that if Trump were to win, the polls would have to be off by way more than they were in 2016, not just a little bit, but by a lot. So I just want to put that out there. Trump and his team are not dumb. They have this information in front of them. Yes. And they are deciding, all right, this sucks. So shenanigans, right? There's exactly. no need there's no need for shenanigans if you're about to absolutely decimate your opponent, right? No need. Right. I want a clean election. The most fantastic, incredible election ever. I got the Count most every vote. electoral college votes of all time. Right? Wait, wait for those military votes to come because I love the military. I, I have a hundred generals that support me, all the generals. They say very nice things, very strong things. They very strongly support me. Sorry. 
You, I, you're really channeling the Alec Baldwin Trump, and I really like it. Let me just say, my favorite of the Trump impressions, have you heard the Trevor Noah Trump impression? Oh, it's very good. Because he, he has that South African accent. It's the most hilarious thing. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, but Okay, so shenanigans are focused on Pennsylvania, but lots of other states too. Sure. But Pennsylvania is where we know there will be a legal battle, right? We're, we're, we're pretty certain. I can, I can certainly say, unless it's an absolute landslide blow out no room for any sort of legal action whatsoever trump is going to court in pennsylvania well, and here, even if it's a complete blowout they might go to court and just argue that people shouldn't be able to vote by mail that literally may be the strategy that argument is probably not going to be particularly persuasive right like i hope if that's I where hope. they go an argument that says you have to stop counting votes at, on election day that's not going to be particularly persuasive. I mean, there's so many reasons why, but another reason are time zones because people in Hawaii are still voting when it's the next day in New York. Okay, leaving all that aside. Um, so, okay, yeah, like Pennsylvania, there, there's some question about votes that were not postmarked before the election that come in a couple days late. And, you know, because of the pandemic, because the mail has been slow. Here's what I want to leave people with. We, we ticked through a bunch of states where Joe Biden has a, a, a medium-sized lead or, or a small lead. When you think about how many votes it would take to tip an election, it's very, very rare that election is so close that a couple hundred or a couple thousand or even, even a couple tens of thousands of votes are going to push it. Remember that in Michigan in 2016, they had the closest election in their state's history and it was an 11,000 vote margin. What happened in the year 2000 in Florida, where Gore and Bush were separated by just 100 plus votes, that is exceedingly rare. And the fact remains that Joe Biden has a lead in many states that he doesn't even have to win in order to win the presidency. And you would have to have, you know, shenanigans in multiple counties across multiple states that have multiple different ways of running their elections. And I think that people should just take a deep breath that, yes, Trump and Republicans are doing everything they can to cast doubt on the election and, you know, filing spurious lawsuits. But if enough people vote, which so far it looks like enough people will, we're going to have record, you know, turnout's going to be 155 million people and only 135 million people vote in 2016. Then it won't even matter. And I think so that's something you, people can take away from this. Let me ask you one question. Don't you think on some level what Trump and the Republicans are doing is protecting America from socialism? I mean, isn't isn't it okay <laughs> to do pretty much anything necessary to keep the socialists from power? Wouldn't you agree with that, Brandon? Or are you a socialist? It's funny because uh, – People ask that question. I mean, there's a famous video of a Trump supporter talking to Steve Bannon, um, who looks like a collapsed potato. And she literally. He, hey, you know what? I just I got to say, you can say whatever you want about Steve Bannon. The dude is extremely focused on what he does. And I do appreciate when he gives interviews because he is actually very insightful. I'll just say that. OK. Yeah. Continue I mean, not point. not everybody who supports Trump is an idiot. Um he is not an idiot. Doesn't make yeah. them any less evil. 
this woman said Steve if you want to come on the show I would love to interview you and I promise I won't ask any tough questions I'll just Steve Bannon I'll email steve.collapsepotato at gmail.com stop you're ruining you're ruining my chances (laughs) (laughs) this woman said to Steve Bannon and a crowd full of people this is a couple years ago she goes you know I, I never thought I would support a dictatorship but if it were Trump I would she literally, she didn't just think this. She didn't just say this. She said it in public, on camera. There are people who, to your point, they believe that Democrats, that Joe Biden present an existential threat somehow to the United States, and they will stop at nothing. They will run your car off the highway. They will throw away the votes that you've already cast. They will show up at a polling location with open carry firearms to dissuade you from voting because that is what some people believe. And that's terrifying, isn't it? I mean, it is to me. So, I mean, there is a very um, discernible reason that a lot of people believe that. There's this uh, media outlet called Fox News. Have you ever I've never heard of it. Have you ever I've never seen it? it on in every gymnasium in every small town America, USA, ever. No. It, this, I mean, it, again, we come back to the information bubbles, right? The fo- uh, Certain folks have been told for a, for a, a long time, you know, like you know, 10 years, especially since Obama was president, that the Democrats are attempting to steal the country, whatever that means. I... I'm so tired of having these large arguments about who is more or less evil, and I would love to get to a super wonky policy discussion between politicians so that I could make a political decision based on the policies that those folks want to enact. Because Trump doesn't really have, I mean, he's made it clear, he's he's been given ample opportunities to express what his second term agenda is. He does not have one. He does not have a second-term agenda. He doesn't want one. He doesn't, doesn't think he that far ahead. say there's a beautiful, perfect healthcare plan coming, like, any day now? So when there was criticism, I think it was after the – it could have been the second debate. There was criticism that he, again, didn't express a second-term agenda. The <laughs> RNC – did we talk about this last time? Came out with that statement that our second-term agenda is to go to Mars, oh, yeah. make a – make some sort of a uh, space station on the moon and then what was it free hang gliders for everybody i can't you know the, what the, the, the issues that people really care about <laughs> the first two were real alex you didn't just make those up those were actually what they said right i nobody am so gives worried. a shit about that people want a job people don't want to die from a deadly virus like what well what, are they, they talking what would about? be safer than mars honestly if you're on mars and you're the only guy there you're good. You're not going to get coronavirus. There is no coronavirus on Mars. I can say that without studying it right now. Okay, so get, to get back to the <sighs> polls, can we talk? I'm really nervous about uh, Washington, D.C. I'm just looking at this, and Biden is up p- plus eight, plus 87. It's Trump 6%, Biden 93. And all the polls, are, it's just kind of funny. All the polls are survey monkey rating D minus. Like nobody even cares to, like everyone knows. <laughs> Plus 87. <laughs> it's so funny to see that. Um, you know, he was only up 65 uh, early last month. Um, so he's really, he's, he's widened that gap quite a bit. He's really consolidated his supporting his supporters in DC, it's, which <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. I, I mean, let me, let me ask you a question. Cause I have been following this more closely than is probably healthy. I actually had to uninstall Twitter from my phone cause I was compuls compulsively checking stuff. So I'm kind of glad I did that. 
as a um you know an interested citizen is there anything like leaving all of the court stuff aside is there any kind of election related like poll question or particular state that you're interested in or worried about or like what questions do you have like when you're watching on election night is there anything that you are going to be watching for or that you wish you had an answer to before you started watching results come in you know i in general i am just very curious as to whether trump who i believe is running the most negative campaign in history whether he is going to be successful in the last few hours of this election at flipping people's votes a lot of people have said the cake has been baked i mean i've been hearing hearing commentators say this cake has been baked for months now and i just wonder how much of the horse race that we're being presented with is actually reality and how much of it really was sort of behind the scenes the biden team knows what to expect the trump team knows what to expect and this is going to play out in the courts that is honestly what i'm worried about i I just worry about setting uh, that we're setting ourselves up to become a country that would be unrecognizable to where we were when Obama became president. You know, this kind of outsider politician was swept to power. Trump sort of is the same thing, right? He was an outsider politician, very much billed himself as that. I'm just worried that if we go down this route where essentially, you know, Trump claims to be draining the swamp, but if you're able to win an election through a series of lawsuits, how is that not the elite picking their own leader? Explain that to me. I mean, if you're if your preordained outcome is the the only function of the courts is to legitimize what you wanted already and the people really don't have any input, we have become everything that Trump said he was going to eradicate from Washington, right? So I just I'm going to be watching Pennsylvania very, very closely and um, probably drinking a little bit of alcohol, to be honest with you. I'm going to be watching Florida. I mean, a a Biden win in Florida early on could shut things down very quickly. A decisive win in Pennsylvania could do the same thing. And there is uh, some possibility that those states could be called early because they're on the East Coast. Like you said, Hawaii is way over there chilling until late into the night so and some some of really... these states some of these states are going to report quicker than other states pennsylvania is going to be slow they actually have a law that prevents them from opening or even preparing for tabulation anything that came vote by mail or absentee until the day of the election whereas some states like oregon if you voted like there's a very good chance that your vote has already been like prepared to be run through the machine and counted really quick but pennsylvania can't do that and so it's going to take them days to actually get full results but some states we're going to know a lot mm, sooner good point so good point i just and i here's what i want to say though to your point about like the um kind of the the, the expectation this will be decided in the courts I think it's important to remind people, again, how many people are voting. So, for example, in 2016 in Pennsylvania, you had 6.1 million people vote in that election. It was very, very close, right? Donald Trump only won Pennsylvania by, you know, 50,000 votes. And that was like, you know, one half of 1%. So a very, very close race. Voter turnout is going to be higher in this election. We know that already. Um, You've had, you know, I don't know how many people now across the country have already voted, but it's something like 90 million plus people. And again, I mentioned earlier, the estimates are for 155 million by election day um, or uh, up to up to 184 million, I think, was the range. Really? That was uh, that. I have not heard that because it was 135 yeah. in 2016. So if it's 
if it's up to 180, I mean, that is just an incredible amount of turnout. But I, my point is when you think about, well, how could the courts throw away votes and how many votes could there be? People, again, are shocked that there's this lawsuit about 100,000 votes in Texas. 100,000 votes could definitely make a difference if it's very, very close in one state. First of all, not all those votes are going to be for one candidate. Second of all, that particular challenge is probably not going to be successful. Third of all, there are many, many states and many, many races. And so I am concerned, and that's why I think Democrats have to have at the top of their agenda for the next two years, for the next four years, to fix I have a national system to make it easier for people to vote and to get some consistency with these rules. I think that's very, very important. But I think people should just take a breath. And if you're a Joe Biden fan, for example, even if Pennsylvania is taking a while to report, this is my understanding. If Joe Biden wins one of uh, Florida, um, which will report very, very quickly, um, or some combination of North Carolina, Georgia, or Arizona, either of those two, it's over. And he's ahead in all of those states and in Pennsylvania. And so I, I just, anything could happen. Trump could win. But I, I hope that people, when the, when the stuff's coming in election, on election day, that people just take a breath and understand the different states, they tabulate the votes differently. They happen more or less quickly. And we're not going to know probably right away. Um, but, you know, if he wins by a lot, then we could. That's a lot of talking, I know. I I just, oh, it's just, it's very... um, My sigh was not directed at what you said specifically. It was just at the situation and uh, where we find ourselves currently. I just, I think Gary Kasparov wrote a really interesting opinion piece in the New York Times about how win or lose, this is going to suck. And I, I very much am feeling that. I mean, a decisive win by Biden would be helpful for our democracy. I mean, again, <laughs> I, I am not the hugest Joe Biden supporter, though I've donated an incredible amount of money uh, to Joe Biden. And it has it, it has something to do with the national democratic platform. But I think that what Trump is doing is antithetical to the values that we hold dear in this country, that this should be a democracy and that the voters should decide who the leaders are. I just, I do believe that. I I feel that. So I think no matter what, prepare yourself for shenanigans. Hopefully, you know, the courts will quickly and decisively deal with whatever shenanigans occur. I don't know. I guess the again the uh, the durability of our institutions is about to be tested once again and Trump has been very much a shock to the system and he will continue to be until the day he is swept out of the White House with his wig running behind him. And that's that's, yeah, that's the bottom line. I, I would also say too that the shenanigans in the court even if it doesn't affect this election, that there may be precedent set that could affect future elections, which again, what's the what's the the biggest combatant to judiciaries that make really weird or bad rulings, you pass laws, right? Because the whole way that our system works is that you pass a law and then if it gets challenged, judges and courts evaluate the intent of the law, the constitutionality of the law. So the best thing that we can do, you and I, is support candidates who support changes in the law to make it easier to vote, to make the rules more consistent, to take out the ambiguity so the intent 
of the lawmakers is crystal clear and not open to interpretation and not open to being challenged by lawsuits. That's the best thing we can do. Like that's what we, again, I'll keep saying it again and again. Democrats need to make that a talking point as much as $15 an hour minimum wage, as much as access to healthcare, as much as protecting the environment have been top line democratic talking points. I believe that protecting our elections and making it easier for people to vote, that should be a top line democratic talking point moving forward. Well, I can think of three very powerful people who may not agree with you, and this may terrify you. One is Brett Kavanaugh, who was one of the litigants in uh, Bush v. Gore. One is John Roberts. Again, he was involved in Bush v. Gore. And then Clarence Thomas is still sitting on the Supreme Court, and he was the deciding vote. So we'll see what those three gentlemen think of whatever lawsuit comes out of Pennsylvania or Florida or Arizona I, I don't know, Texas, wherever, you know, it's going to be interesting. It, it will. One more thing. And like I just as an after dinner meant to maybe make people feel a little mm, more delicious. comfortable <laughs> delicious, or maybe a little more settled and polling isn't perfect. But but in 2016, you know, at the very end of the race, Clinton was up by about the, the poll showed she was up by about four points, 44 to 40. But that left 16% of people undecided or third party. Right now, Biden is up by about nine points with only 6% undecided. So you think about all the dynamics of 2016, the unpopularity of Hillary Clinton, right? The Comey letter, which definitely changed people's opinions. That race was not only closer by margin, but it was also closer because there were more people who were either voting for a third party or undecided. So when people keep saying the cake is baked, part of that is because more people have already chosen to either vote for Biden or Trump, which is part of the reason why this race has been more stable, more consistent. So, I mean, I'm knocking on wood, but I, I you know, I think that we have a lot of data to suggest that this election will go a certain way. It doesn't mean it will go that way, but it's not the same as 2016. People should remember that. I'm glad you brought up Jim Comey because there are few people and few folks in America who have uh, allowed both Democrats and Republicans to hate them so thoroughly. He's really an amazing <laughs> man. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's it's wild that his uh, apparently his 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 wife tried to talk him out of making that that evidence public near the end of the election that that you know the investigation How into Hillary Clinton was reopened that she was like don't do it. Um, yeah, well, how about you follow long-term FBI precedent that you don't release information just before an election that could impact the election? For that how about very you just reason. follow that precedent? I mean, I think it was completely idiotic that he repl- – I understand why he did it. He, Everyone thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, and then they would – because it was this idea that, you know, we have to present both sides of the issue. We have to be transparent. Yeah, the Republicans have their side, and the Democrats have their side, and I don't want to look like I was biased for Hillary. And since we've got these emails from, you know, what – was it it was uh it was anthony weiner's wife right who was doing some campaign work with hillary clinton and there were some emails that ended up to be emails that they had already reviewed so he felt like he had to put it out there so later they wouldn't be accused of bias well guess what jim comey now everyone's accusing you of bias and i read your book and it's fantastic you seem like a good guy but you done messed up man you messed up it's it's actually a this could be a different episode unto itself but it's a really interesting example of you have to think about the impact of your actions. Like you can't make a moral decision in a vacuum. Even if I totally it... disagree. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, okay, no, that's gonna be no. episode two. Good. It's okay. So we're at like an hour and seven minutes. So we. I mean, if if anyone is still listening, you are a super fan, and 
If you go to www.anbpodcastservicesunited.com and enter the promo code 99217, you will receive this is all a bullshit. Certified, <laughs> certified inflatable Brandon head that has a collection of three or four pre-recorded messages to inspire you before an election. Yo, Halloween's over. No one wants to be scared by that. <laughs> well, uh, one more thing. I know we've gone long. Is there? I mean, because we're not going to talk again on this podcast until the election. Okay, so no, no, no. We got to do a special election a night. I, I think we should do a special election okay. night on Tuesday. Because otherwise, I'm going to wet the bed. I'm going to be sleepwalking. Oh, man. I know. It's, it's, it's. I think we should just do a late night. Okay. You know, I'll have to go somewhere somewhere quiet uh, so I don't wake up. You know, the kids. They'll be asleep by then. But you could join by phone if you really needed to too. Uh, I'm too vain. I need right. my audio quality to be, you know, at least. You do sound, yeah, better. you sound a little better this week. I, other than my minor laryngitis. Anyway. Oh my God. All right. That's all I got. Anything else? I'm done, bro. Later. All right, bye.